Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so glad that you are able to join us today. And, you know, today is an interesting topic <laughs> because some of us on this call definitely have control issues. And I'm sure I am definitely not the only person listening who ever has these issues. And so Carrie and I are going to talk about kind of that whole, the difference between delegating and taking the monkey back, goal setting, all of those things. So how yeah. would you describe I mean, today? To me, the topic is, you know, perfectionism and how to get it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> We all have perfectionist tendencies, right? We have things that we're like, this thing has to be done correctly. The problem is, is that getting things perfect is not really a reasonable expectation. You know, people who used to build, you know, the massive churches like Notre Dame and stuff, they made a point of every single element that was in the church had a flaw because they knew there was going to be one anyway. So they did it on purpose. So every pillar inside Notre Dame has a flaw that was planned as well as any other ones that actually, you know, that accidentally happened. We can't expect to be a perfect director or a perfect owner. And we have our little fiefdoms, I guess our little areas of the job that maybe we're super wedded to. And if we keep trying to make that perfect, it's going to, it has negative effects. Okay. So we need to get today, perfectionism right. Okay. So today we're going to talk about getting it right. And Carrie, just so that we can frame this, give me an example to you that for you personally is your, um, it has to be done my way. So the good old Southern you know, a, a good Southern woman was, well, I didn't do that right. Like, so if, if it was wrong, it was because, well, I didn't do it. So um, what is the one area with, as a director that you have a specific way you want it done? Tours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a very hard time letting go of the tours um, of my different centers. So I would do the tours at all the centers, even though I had site directors for a period of time, um, because I just didn't trust that other people were going to do it correctly. Because, you know, you had to have the confirmation call or email or text ahead of time to make sure, you know, you had an extra touch point with them. And then you had to greet them at the door and, you know, offer them something to drink. <laughs> like, And then I had a spiel for each of my schools because they had different educational philosophies. I made tour notebooks so that I could hand that off. What, what were some of the things that were the hardest for you to not be a perfectionist about? <laughs> so mine was kind of along the same lines because a lot of it came down to money, right? Like clients. And so to me, it was the phone call, you know, when somebody called and inquired about the program, um, it, it drove me crazy listening to other people kind of, but not really answer questions. <laughs> yeah, we have openings and, you know. They'd forget to take a number. They wouldn't ask any questions. They wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> 
So, but it sounds like both of us did something very similar. So talk to me about what was in your notebook uh, related to tours, or do we want to bring in one more example that maybe you've heard multiple directors, you've seen them struggle letting that go? I mean, there have been so many, so many things. Um, I've had directors who won't let the teachers do their own bulletin boards um, because, you know, the whole, well, it has to look right for the parents. We It needs to, per, you know, portray the right image of our school. They want to do every hire themselves, every um, progress report with the staff themselves. They want to be at every parent-teacher conference. <laughs> um, you know, they want to sign off on every grocery order before it's put into Cinitas or Cisco or Costco or wherever they're placing, or HEB, wherever they're placing their order. I've known directors who want to sign off on every single one of those, and then they'll like go in and change change, you know, from Del Monte crushed tomatoes to the generic crushed tomatoes as if that three cents is going to make or break their budget. So I think that you brought up with another 20 if you want. <laughs> well, we'll come back to them. Um, maybe if we need them. But one of the things that I found really interesting about what you said was it wasn't so much that they needed to control or do, but it sounds like you've also had a fair amount of directors that changed, kind of attempted to delegate, but then wanted final approval. So um, I think both you and I, though, were a little different where, well, especially yours, right? Like you had ultimate control over the schedule for the tours. And so you made that happen. Um, I got to the point where I got really freaked out when people would answer the phone and it wasn't me. Uh, but, you know, you have to be able to let other people answer the phone. <laughs> um, so let's start with the tours and let's talk a little bit about how you were able to let go, um, maybe what your process looked like. Um, and then I'll talk a little bit about the phone call and then let's come back to that, the food ordering one, because um, I think that would be an interesting conversation for us to have. I mean, for me, it was realizing that I wasn't being able to get everybody into tour when they wanted to tour. So me realizing that it was affecting our bottom line, the fact that I wanted to do every tour because my three schools were not right next door to each other and I had to drive back and forth around town. And so we were leaving money on the table. So I think for me, that was kind of the, okay, Carrie, you have to find a way to stop needing it to be perfect. Um, so big breath in, um, took me probably a couple of weeks to rationalize that and process it and deal with the emotional fallout of that concept. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what could I do to make sure that it's as consistent as possible when one of my directors is doing the tour? And I thought back to a not terribly pleasant experience for me. You may have had different experience because you bought several, um, which is going to a presentation for a timeshare. <laughs> and when you go to a presentation for a timeshare, there is a person there, most of the time a dude, and he has a three ring notebook full of pages inside of a page protector and he shows a page to you as the person sitting across the desk 
And on the back, he has a script that he says. <laughs> so on his side, there's a script. And on my side, there's a picture. And so that made sure that he talked about the same things in the same order every time he did it. And so I worked with my directors because initially I was like, I'll just make it. Then I was like, mm, that's not solving this problem. <laughs> so I had the directors go with me on tours for a week. So each, you know, we did a center a week where they went with me on all of the tours and they took notes. You know, Deborah took much more detailed notes than Diane did, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, they took notes on what I talked about and in what order and things like that. Cause I'd never written it down. I just had a pattern. I, I didn't know what it was. I had, I had a script, I guess, but it was not a written script. It was one that was developed from improvisation. And so then we took their notes and we took the photos we had <laughs> and we made a notebook together. So the second week they made the notebook and I kept doing tours <laughs> and they came when they could, but they didn't have to come to all of them. Um, and then the third week, they took the lead on the tour with their notebook. And I followed along and offered feedback when, you know, if somebody asked a question and they didn't know. And sometimes I jumped in before they had a chance to answer the question because I was like, oh, 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 I know the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, it was probably not the most seamless handover, but um, we got there. So on week three, they were leading them. Week four, I would be in the building, but they would lead the tour. So it was basically one month per center. You know, I would continue giving feedback through weeks three and four. <laughs> and then I kind of was like, if you need support, reach out to me. Because they'd had a lot of support for a month. <laughs> And so it, it, I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but I went through the steps that we outline in our book about delegation. And the reason those are the steps is because that's what we figured out works, <laughs> right? I mean, some of it was from other people, but it was also, we tried this, this works. Um, so what about you for phone calls? So I think the first thing for me with phone calls was acknowledging that I couldn't answer them all. So, um, and, and yeah, I would say there was definitely a money piece to that. So one of the things that I did first was figure out who made sense to be the people to answer the phone, right? So if I wasn't available, who else probably had time to actually ask questions and write information down and then share that with everybody on staff because, and maybe it was different weeks, different times, or just types of positions, but you know, during nap time, there's only certain people who can answer the phone. <laughs> during meal time, only certain people can answer the phone. Um, and so I hadn't initially had an assistant director or even somebody with any sort of real title. It was pretty much me. And the first thing I did was put somebody else basically as, a, as everybody knew that person as the number two. And that made it so that if I couldn't answer the phone, the expectation was the number two would answer the phone. Um, and I did that for a couple of reasons. And very similar to you with your directors is I didn't want 
to train everybody on how to answer the phone. And I didn't want to have to try to figure out where to go find the scratch paper and the the notes that somebody took on a phone call. So once I was able to figure out who made the most sense most of the time, that was a first And that helped everybody because then the other teachers, because this was back in the day when, you know, almost every classroom had a phone. So the phone would ring (laughs) and it just, I think, reduced everybody's tension on answering the phone and answering it in time. And also because it would make noise and if people were sleeping or, or whatever. And so if I was going to do that now, what's beautiful is that we have all these awesome services that you can have with your phone systems to ring once or twice at a phone number and then roll over, right? So it can roll over, it can, you know, ring twice to the main number, roll over to your cell phone or roll over to your assistant cell phone, or maybe you're a program that's... uh, a size big enough that you actually have, you know, an admin whose job pretty much is to sit by the phone all day, right? So any of those are things that work um, and understanding where you personally have to be in that phone tree. So once I was able to get past that, I also very much like you had a script. Um, But what I did was I kind of made it bullet points and I made it bullet points and I laminated it and I stuck it by every phone because I do realize that sometimes, you know, even when I was walking down the hallway, right, is I'd hear the phone ring and I'd pop into a room and I'd answer the phone. Um, I also made sure that there was paper and pencil by every phone. And again, at that time, (laughs) you know, they were, it was real paper and real pencils. (laughs) And so um, if I was going to do it now, I think the really beautiful part is that there are, again, there are apps, even if it's something as simple as a text or uh, even a, a note app, there are ways for your staff, both something integrated into your you know, client minder software or something that is very cheap, generic, free on the phone, that kind of thing. And so a notes app or something, Yeah, a notes app or yeah. And so having the resource, you know, what to say. And like I said, when I put mine together, mine was more bullet points than a word for word script. But I also worked with the the other person. And here's the reason why I did this. You brought up the money. It was for me absolutely the money. It was absolutely the bottom line. And I took the approach of helping them kind of understand how many phone calls we needed to get certain tours, to get certain people, what it meant to our budget, all of those things that I didn't share with every staff person. And all of a sudden they had some ownership in those phone calls too. Well, and it's also a matter of explaining the difference between going, hello, ABC childcare, how can I help you? And hi, ABC childcare, where we're happy to blah, blah, blah. How can we help you today? Like explain, you know, showing the difference between how somebody who's uninvolved, unconnected answers the phone and somebody who's like, you could give me a thousand dollars. Like It's a very different way that you answer the phone. Well, 
or just the chaotic teacher. And that was what I actually found was happening is, you know, people were kind of in chaos in their room. And those would be the people who just like felt like they needed to answer the phone and they wanted to answer it on the first ring and they wanted to be able to, you know, say hello. And you can't always control what's happening in the background of a classroom. (laughs) Well, and it's just not the most professional introduction to your school. It's just not going to be. Absolutely. Um, So tell me a little bit about, I'm I'm very intrigued by your grocery order center. And then um, you've got some others on here that I'm like, whoa. (laughs) But let's talk about the grocery order. If you were going to give advice to um, even a new director or an existing director who really is all over the things that are ordered. And it could be money, it could be storage, uh, it could be waste. Um, what might be the, the very first step you might suggest they take? To examine what's going on emotionally, which is what both of us did in the situations we talked about first. It's like, why is the ordering so emotionally charged for you that it has to be perfect? Because that's what's going on with perfectionism is that emotionally that thing has some sort of value judgment with it that you're not going to be okay or the school's not going to be right if that thing's not done correctly. So unpacking a little bit the emotional baggage behind um, if somebody else does the tour or if somebody else, you know, does the ordering. And frequently that's tied up with people's uh, emotional response to money um, or um, possibly the having an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset. You know, there are people who are like, if there is not two weeks worth of food in the building at all times, they will freak out. Um, because they have a scarcity mindset about food or about, you know, maybe they have it about 57 things. I don't know, but right now we're dealing with it about food. And so if you have, if you are that person who has that scarcity mindset where I need to have all the colors of construction paper at all times, I need to have five backup mats or cots at all times. I need to have two weeks worth of food at all times, that's an emotional response. That's not a logical one. Um, And so we've got to unpack that a little bit and, and come to grips with it. And again, like I said, it took a week or two for me to do that on my issue, which is, you know, this is my baby and other people are going to suffocate it. Um, with their failure to give a proper tour. Um, So we've got to unpack the emotions of it a little bit. And then we have to create some sort of structure around that thing that either allows us to finish the project before it's perfect or allows us to share the responsibility, right? Both of those are acceptable things on that. If, you know, I'm fine with the director being the one who does the ordering for the grocery but if it's taking you all day to do the week's orders for groceries because you're trying to be perfect, that's going to be a problem. 
And if you're a center with, you know, 250 kids enrolled, the director should not be doing the grocery shopping list because that is a poor use of the director's time because the director presumably is getting paid more than the kitchen manager and the kitchen manager should be making up the shopping list in a center with 250 people. Um, th- those, I mean, I feel like I'm missing some stuff there, Kate. What am I missing? So, I mean, I think that you brought up a good point, but even just because we, we've talked about it without actually calling it, right? We had notebooks or scripts. So we had some sort of standard operating procedure. And, you know, all of us who kind of fall into the control issue type of human, probably has these already in place. But you and I have both worked with a lot of directors who are just passionate about children, um, about you know what they do for a profession, and the business side is, eh, you know, whatever. Um, and so I laughed at your grocery order because I think of all of the, the complete opposite folks that we've had um, come through with us who ordered whatever um, without really any minds to budget. What was that funky fruit that you had a, a teacher buy one time? Star fruit or something? Yeah, I don't every know. child, she wanted yeah. every child to have a dragon fruit and a star fruit in yeah. her preschool class. <laughs> one of each. Yeah. Who's going to eat an entire, I'm an adult and I'm not going to eat an entire dragon fruit. Like what? <laughs> Well, and, and they're, you know, if you get them out of season or, you know, where do you get those half the time, right? So, so there's some of those pieces. So uh, if you are a director who to-do lists or, or even something that's sequential is not something that comes naturally to you, um, kind of research, uh, reach out, find somebody on staff who likes that and maybe work with that person, have that person help you. Because if you can create the standard operating procedure on order groceries um, or ordering materials again uh, wherever your hoarding might come in is it you know pink and red construction paper um, and you know you always have to have that you can never have too much of that in the fall you can never have too much white brown you know yellow orange um, <laughs> you know whatever it is uh, it, it's really great I mean to me these are the perfect things to begin to delegate to your staff I think most people want to help our staff learn skills that can propel them to the next part of their career. Yeah. And I think that's sort of what I was talking about, about creating some sort of structure, right? And so if, if you say, you know, our shopping budget for the week is $12 per child. I don't know. I'm just picking a random number. $12 per child that's enrolled. We have 112 children enrolled. That means do math. I don't know, 150 bucks about. Um, Then that's what whoever is doing the ordering, whether it's the director or whether it's the kitchen manager, that's how much money they have to, I feel like my math is off, but anyway. You need one more zero, but that's okay. Okay, one more zero. So (laughs) $1,000, that's how much money that person has to spend on food. And so that can be the structure is, you know, how many noses, (laughs) how much money per nose. Okay, that's the most you can spend. Um, I am a huge fan of um, giving financial rewards to my staff. And so I've done stuff like this is the most you can spend. But if you knock $20 off of that, 
you get half of that, um, or you get 20% off of um, the difference between the max budget and what you spend. So if they saved $20, then they get $5. I, I think that works well. Oh, I guess that would be 25%. My math today, guys, <laughs> today is not my math day. Um, I love math. Why is this so hard today? Anyway, you know, putting that structure, this is the most that can be spent and the order needs to be placed by this time on this day. So that's the structure. And, you know, my way of making this easier for me was we had three seasonal menus for each season. (laughs) And so one was the week one and week three. One was the week two and week four, and the other was the week five, or there's a party this week. That was the other one. So if it was 4th of July, yes, that's week one, but we're going to replace it with the third menu because that's the party menu. Um, You know, and that way they didn't have to recreate (laughs) the whole menu every time. And we had a shopping list of all the things that you would need for that menu. And they just went, I need 12 of that. I need one of those, you know, um, made it much easier. And again, I didn't create the shopping list. I just went, here's the menu, please create the shopping list. Because again, that was a thing that I had a really hard time turning over to somebody else was right. It was creating the menu um, because I was really good at having a cost-effective menu that addressed various cultures and that had both hot food and food where we didn't have to heat up the kitchen during the summer. (laughs) In the winter, I want hot food. In the summer, I want people to be having peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think everything you just mentioned is really um, applicable to every one of the issues you just taught that you gave us as possible directors that have some perfectionism issues, right? So again, if it's a hiring, if it's the bulletin boards, if it's parent-teacher conferences, every one of these things have the ability to have a standard operating procedure. Every one of these things have the ability to have, at the minimum, a site director, classroom teacher, somebody else who can definitely help you as a director, take that responsibility. And I'm fairly certain that every director listening to this call, there is something that you put off doing, something you don't like doing, as well as something that you love doing so much, you spend probably three times too much, three times the amount of time you should. Well, but there's also something that you're super worried about. And so you spend way too much time on it. You know, I'm super worried about the parent teacher conferences because one time I had a teacher who called a parent an idiot. And so now I feel like I need to go to every parent teacher conference because what if one of my staff again calls a parent an idiot? You know, I mean, usually if there's something like that, there's a reason behind it. Like, A director doesn't feel like they need to go to all the parent teacher conferences because they've never had a, you know, because they've all gone so well in the past. (laughs) It's usually they got burned um, and they're overcorrecting. And I think that happens a lot is that something went wrong and you've just overcorrected. And we have to put it back in that perspective as a teacher, we're teaching our staff how to do things. If a kid falls down, we don't have, we don't go, okay, well, that kid can never walk again. I'm taking over all the walking for this child for the rest of their life because they fell down. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so if your staff fall down in a job and they call a parent an idiot, 
then we help them through that and we help them to correct that behavior so that they can learn how to walk through that in the future. We're not going to carry them around all the time. The parent really is an idiot. <laughs> and disenroll them. <laughs> Oh, Carrie, thank you so much. I am so glad that we were able to share with our directors today a little bit about getting it right. And we hope that you will join us next week on colorfulclipboard.com. If you've got a funny story or you want to know, maybe you work with a director or an owner that just has an issue, you know, reach out to us at hello at colorfulclipboard.com and uh, let's see what we can do to help you out. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.